And, oh, I'm there. Man, we have the best worship team in the country, right? Caleb, Sherry, Daniel, Keith. Man, thank you, guys. Thank you. Hey, uh, if I haven't gotten a chance to meet you yet, my name is Ben White. I am the campus pastor resident here. Uh, Basically, what that means is I'm usually at Shawnee learning how to um, shepherd and steward your hearts. And uh, I'm trying to do a good job at that because regardless of how great of a message I preach or how great a worship Caleb has, it's, it's y'all's hearts that matter, right? It's y'all's relationship with Jesus that matters. Um, yeah, so if I haven't met you, I'd love to get to meet you after service, catch up with you. I haven't been around in a while. I'm kind of like the, the prodigal son that comes home every once in a while to give a message. <laughs> um, we're in this series called Who Is This Jesus? Uh, uh, Daniel gave us our message last week, um, and he, he talked about how Jesus is the Son of God. And today we're talking about how Jesus is the one who makes us. And before that, we're going to go and hang out in, in Psalms for a second, and, and we're going to be in Psalm 139, 13. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a biology lesson before we get in, right? It says, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Right, and so this concept of Jesus making us starts at the beginning of our life, right? For those of you who don't know how babies are born, uh, God takes a little bit of the mom and a little bit of the dad and a little bit of Jesus and puts it in the mother's womb, and then nine months later, out pops a baby. And that's, that's how babies are born. But, but he makes us, and he knows every single part of our body down to the last freckle, down to the last hair on our head, right? And, and, and because of sin, though, right, when we fell, we lost sight of that identity that Christ had given us. So Mark, we're going to pick up at Mark, and for those of you who don't know, we're going to be in Mark for a long time, Um, but it's going to be a great time. It's going to be one of the best times. And so in Mark 1.14, it says, Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Now passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he said, or he saw James, the son of Zebedee and John, his brother, who were in their boat, mending the nets. And immediately he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. And so I want us to take a look at this because God saw four people with the same identity. They were all fishermen, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all tell us that Peter, Simon, Andrew, James, and John were all fishermen. And when you think of fishermen or we think of sailors, they're kind of coarse and grumpy. 
There's that saying that they curse like a sailor, right? Which means they probably don't have the best, best mouths, right? And the, and, and the speech is, is not great. And, and they're nothing really important. And so Jesus sees these four guys, and he's already preaching about the kingdom of God, and he's like, dude, it's right here. You guys can reach out and take it. And he sees four ordinary guys, and he says, hey, I want you guys to follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And this sentence is so powerful because he, he recognizes their identity right now. But then he gives them a brand new identity, right? And so Jesus' whole ministry was replacing our broken identity and giving us our true identity that we had at birth. That when he formed us in our mother's womb, he said, hey, you're going to be blank, right? And so I want us to kind of look at the difference between a fisherman and what it means to be a fisher of men. And so fishermen, um, for those of you who fish, I do not. So if I get this definition wrong, uh, feel free to correct me after service. <clears throat> so fishermen use nets, baskets, spears, hook and line, and in some situations their bare hands to catch fish. Now, in that time, it was catching fish common in the Sea of Galilee. This time, it kind of just depends on where you're fishing, right? You're not going to catch a marlin in a pond. All right, you're going to have to go deep sea fishing, I think. There you go. Steve's Steve, Steve shaking his head, yes, I know something. I've watched the Discovery Channel, right? But, but fishermen use whatever they can to catch the fish that they're after, right? Um, I think it's kind of funny that they use their bare hands to catch fish. There's the, like, noodling. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that, but basically it's a bunch of hillbilly guys that go shirtless in these bodies of water, and they're feeling around for catfish. Um, and they, they, they're hillbillies. Every, every one of us seen are hillbillies, but it's okay because it's awesome. Right? But it's dangerous because, like, you could find a snake or you could get stuck, right? Or the fish could be so powerful that it could bring you under. But they use anything and everything that they have access to to catch fish and provide, right? The baseline of a fisherman is to provide fish for your family or for the people around you right? So they were providers. That's all they knew. They had to strive and they had to work to provide. A fisher of men uses whatever tools, giftings, and wisdom God has given them to invite others into relationship with Jesus. So when he gave them this new identity, he gave them a new calling. Your job is no longer to just provide fish. Your job, your goal is to invite others to get to know me, right? And, and I chose this wording carefully because I can't bring you into salvation. I can't save you. Fishers of men can't save other people. They can invite them to the Savior. They can invite them into relationship with the Savior. But there's a couple things that fishers of men need to have. They need to have tools, right? You're not going to use a net 
at the same time, you're going to use a fishing line, right? They need to use their giftings, right? So your giftings, man, maybe you have the gift of discernment. Maybe my wife, she's not here this service, but like she is the best shepherd I have ever seen. She just loves to care for people, right? I love and talking to people about Jesus. I love going to talk to people about Jesus. These are gifts, right? If you've never heard of the fivefold ministries test, there's apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and shepherds. Shepherds and teachers. I got the order wrong. Spelling, yeah. They don't pay me to spell. They pay me to teach, right? <laughs> but <laughs> get out of here. But we all have different giftings, right? Simon's giftings were different than that of his brother Andrew's, and James's giftings were different than that of his brother John's. But they were unique to that individual to get them to go get fish. And then we need godly wisdom. And that's where it starts, right? And it's, that's probably the most important one. Because without wisdom, you're not going to know what fish to go catch. You're not going to know what tools to use. And you're not going to know what gifting you should exercise in any specific moment. Right? Wisdom is what everything else flows out of. Right? It's how we know hey, God, I'm, I'm trying to reach this person. I'm not sure if I should use a net and just try to, try to like gently catch them for you or if I just need a hook, line, and sinker it and drag them to church. Fishing metaphors, man. I'm not the best, but we'll work on it. I'll have them down for, for second service. All right? But we, we're inviting people into a relationship, but it only happens as we step into our new identity, right? So when Jesus says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men, there's that key word there, will. Will make. Jesus didn't say, follow me. Oh, and by the way, now you're fishers of men. He didn't give them their full new identity until after Jesus had died and resurrected and then commissioned them. He said, hey, watch me. I'm going to give you the tools and the giftings and the wisdom that you need, but you're not going to exercise all of it until I'm gone. He will make. It's a process of coming back into repentance and salvation in order to get back to the identity we once had. Right? And so we see this further explained in Ephesians 4.17. And Paul says, now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must not walk any longer as the Gentiles do in the futility of our minds. Before we meet Christ, we're Gentiles or Jews or Americans or whatever. It doesn't matter. We're away from Christ. We're walking and we're trying to figure it all out on our own, right? And we think we've got all this wisdom and all this knowledge and all this stuff and it's nothing. Paul says, they are darkened in their understanding and alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of heart. And whether we admit it or not, that's been all of us. We've, we've stepped away from Jesus, whether knowingly, unknowingly, 
and been caught up in sin, been caught up in, God, I can do this better than you can. Right? They've become callous and given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you've heard about him and were taught in him. You can't repent if you've never heard of the one who brings change. There's nothing to repent of. As the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. Paul is literally saying, hey, the same God that made you in your mother's womb and put his spirit inside of you, put that back on. You got to be able to step into it, right? And that doesn't come except through repentance and sanctification. And I know I'm throwing out some kind of big words. Sanctification just means becoming more like Christ each and every day, right? And so, he, he's literally calling the disciples to a discipleship process, and the end goal is to be able to invite others into relationship with Christ, right? In this, in this fisherman analogy, we're the fishermen, but Christ is the dock, or Christ is the boat, and we're trying to get fish into the boat, but they've got to be willing to come into the boat themselves, and fish fight, <laughs> right? They don't like to be caught. They taste good, though, right? That's why we fish. That's why we eat them. Hannah loves salmon, right? Salmon's a hard fish to catch, but it's good. There are some people in your life, right, that are really hard to catch. And you're thinking to yourself, man, if God would just get a hold of their heart, dude, they'd do something awesome for the kingdom, and God's like, dude, I've given you everything you need to go get that person for me. Why are you, why are you just standing there? Right? And so, maybe God's not calling you to be a fisher of men, though. Like, we'll, we'll use modern day terms because sometimes, like, God called Abraham. He said, I will make you a father of many nations. Right? Maybe he's like, dude, I'm going to make you a father of fathers. And it's not a pride thing. It's a, you're great at being a dad to your kids now, but there are other men in the church and in the community that need a dad. Or I'm going to make you a mother of mothers, and you're really great at loving on your kids, but there are moms out there that are struggling and they don't know how to do it. They need your help. Right? And so who is Jesus making you to be? Because it's always a process, and we're never there yet. We can, we can never attain the true calling that Jesus has put on our life without him and constant discipleship through that. So who is Jesus making you to be? And the second question I have for you is, is where is your sea? Where are you fishing? Dude, are you... Are you fishing in a pond out back and you've only got like two or three fish that you actually have access to? 
Are you fishing in an ocean where you feel overwhelmed or you're going deep sea fishing and you're trying to find that one that's going to win people thousands of souls for Christ? Where's your sea? And then what wisdom, what does wisdom say about it? Right? So, so we find our sea and say, hey, God, you've given me these three people. Right? How do I use my giftings and how do I use my tools to catch those people for your name and bring them and invite them into relationship with you? Right? Because you're not going to use the same fishing tools that you use for a bass for a marlin. Right? You're going to need a different hook. You're going to need different line. You're going to need a bigger boat. Right? But, but it's not going to be the same. And every fish is different. But the cool thing about that is that every fish gives you an opportunity to exercise different giftings and different tools that God has given you in. Right? I can catch fish with a net. I, I, I can get the handle out and I can go and scoop them up. I don't think I can cast a fishing line. Right? I'll admit it. I'll be the first one too and I'm getting judges and all these things. But I can't. Right? But it's the same concept with me and my wife. Hannah will not approach people. But once they approach her, dude, she's engaged, she's locked on, target heavy, right? I will go out and I'll probably overwhelm you with questions about personal life. How's your, like, uh, how are your finances? Like, how's this and this? And you're like, man, I would much rather talk to his wife right now. <laughs> right? But it's, but it's a different gifting. And, like, sometimes I just need to shut up and listen, and sometimes there are times that Hannah needs to step up and talk, right? But we only get those opportunities when we're willing to pursue the different fish in our pond, right? And, and so when Jesus began his, his ministry in Galilee, Galilee is like modern-day Johnson County. There, there are... Hundreds of thousands of millions of people here, and it seems overwhelming. But Jesus didn't say, dude, I'm going to go conquer all these 17 different regions in a day. If you continue to read the gospel, one, people start pursuing him because he realized there's something different about this guy. And then two, he starts where he's at. Right? Fishermen meet the fish where they're at. I'm not going to expect to catch bass in the ocean. I don't think they hang out there. I could be wrong. <laughs> but we... <laughs> so I'm wrong. <laughs> but, but Jesus meets the fish where they're at. All right, and so maybe you, maybe trying to conquer all of Johnson County and bring all of Johnson County is like, holy crap, that's a lot of fish, that's a lot of people. I don't even like to talk to people that much. Who are people at your work? 
right? <laughs> Who are the people in your family? Does your family know Christ, all right? Man, when people go on ministry, their family is probably the first thing they forget about because they're like, oh, yeah, we got this. We're a Christian household. Your kid's pursuing Jesus. Is your, is your spouse pursuing Jesus? Right? And so that's where, where I want to end off today is, 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 is what is your sea? Where, where are you intentionally fishing and are you using the right bait? Are you using the right tool? So God, I, I pray that as we, we leave here today, um, God, that you will give us wisdom to exercise the tools and the giftings that we have in order to invite others into relationship with you. God, we know that as fishers and men, we cannot save anybody. We can't. Only you can save. God, but, but we have the ability to invite others into relationship with you. So, God, I, I pray that we would be intentional about the tools and the giftings that we're using. God, and that you would, you would speak to us and, and give us wisdom on how to catch the fish that are in our area. We love you and we praise you. In your name we pray. Amen.